You're listening to the Greencast Advisory Podcast. I'm Glenn Kirby, the Technical Manager for Syngenta UK and Ireland, and here is where you'll find me talking about the content in my turf blog. They'll be short and to the point, so put on those headphones and have a listen to what I've got to say this time. Warmer weather, does that equal a spring hatch? So it's the 23rd of April as I write this and I am seeing uh, reported sightings and we're seeing a bit of activity on the pest tracker tool. And I'm also seeing lots of crane flies being posted on Twitter. So I think they're hatching and what we should be seeing is the marsh crane fly. That is the oleasa. I've never really known how to pronounce that. I'm kind of making it up a bit. But the oleasa, um, two life cycles a year, that one. So according to everything we understand, all of the studies, that should hatch now in the spring and then it will hatch again in the autumn. And it has this six-month life cycle where it just keeps regenerating on a six-month basis. The palliadosa, which is the European crane fly, that one will spend a year in the soil and only hatch in the autumn. Hence why we see a bigger hatch in the autumn, because that should be everything, and only a smaller population will be hatching in the spring during this period. Now, I guess the question really is, is what ratio is there in your soils, in your root zones? Um, Are there more marsh crane fly or are there more European crane fly? Are you heavily dominated by one or the other? And they're the kind of questions I'm really trying to get my head around at the moment when I try to understand what's going on. So the first sightings were coming in around four weeks ago now in the mild areas of the country. Interestingly, they tended to be reported from people who saw the first damage. They saw the first hatches. Um, and some people with undersoil heating were calling some uh, uh, hatching sightings in. But that everything stopped. Everything just kind of went on halt for three odd weeks. And we've been in this really cold period. Uh, but I suspect what's going to happen is the temperature is going to rise. It's forecast to pick up over the weekend. Fingers crossed. Um, looking forward to a barbecue or two. Um, as those temperatures rise, I suspect next week we'll see things kicking off. And I think we've seen that already. I've already seen quite a few reports, mainly around coastal areas. And I suspect as temperatures pick up, that is all going to go off. Now, that should be good news for any of you who've got some leather jacket pressure. If you have a high population of these marsh crane fly in there, then they should hatch. They'll fly and they'll be very juvenile when they go back in. So if they do feed, they'll be feeding very lightly. They won't be doing very much. Um, You've also got a chance to manage that over the next couple of weeks. So as they're laying, you'll be mowing. You've got a lot more intensive stuff going on. So I think this is a better period of the year to get on top of things with cultural practices. Also, the other thing, as soon as they start to hatch, is a pretty good indicator of temperatures and soil temperatures. So we're monitoring that quite closely. And hence why it's really important you submit your sightings on Pest Tracker. But as we see that temperature rise, that also means that grass growth is going to rise and things should start swinging in your favour. So you should have less leather jacket feeding going on and you should have more grass growth. All of that, for those of you that manage to keep on top of things through the winter, which is a lot of people. I see we're seeing a lot of images on Twitter and people that are pulling sheets back with loads and loads of leather jackets. 
they do have high populations in there, but they've done a really good job of keeping a good surface through the winter. Now, because we've never done this sheeting before, we don't know what that's looked like on an annual basis. So that could be completely normal that we get low levels of damage on the top, but we've got high levels of leather jackets underneath. And these guys that are doing some sheeting now, it's great. They're putting leather jackets out of their swords. Brilliant news. But they haven't, a lot of them haven't seen damage. I talked to a lot of people about this and they haven't seen dramatic amounts of damage over the winter. But now they're sheeting, they're pulling high quantities or higher quantities than they'd expect out. So some really interesting things there. We've got to understand their feeding habits as well as their population levels. So many questions on this thing. But please log, go to Pest Tracker on the Greencast website, go into my blog. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for people or even just send me your postcode and I will do it for you. Please log those sightings. The more data we get, the more we'll understand. This time last year, it was last week they were hatching. But last year was much, much milder spring. The year before, it was in about two weeks time and that was a cooler spring. So I'm expecting things to kick off next week and as i speak now it's the 23rd of april so i'm expecting that last week of april first week of may for things to happen so please i'm happy to be proved wrong on this just log it if you see it so there's been um increasing reports recently of these wandering leather jackets as well when i've asked around a bit with some entomologists i know um now it is fairly normal practice and understood practice for um insects that feed above soil to wander and go searching for this area where it's safe to go into a pupal stage where they're more vulnerable for insects that like to feed in wet areas um, they are likely to get up and wander around and look for a drier area to go into this pupal phase so they can pull out of that kind of um, pupal sheath and hatch so it's very possible that, that is going on with leather jackets. So again, that is something else we need to understand that has come out of all of this data that people are reporting back. So keep doing it, please. Every little bit we learn, even if you think it's irrelevant, is going to have a big bearing on how we deal with this in the future. The other thing I'm really interested to see is what species are hatching. And if the marsh crane fly, the Oleoracea, is the only one hatching. I'm led to believe this is the case. This is what we should see, just that marsh crane fly hatching in the spring. But I don't know. I'd really like to confirm it. Um, what we should see in the autumn is a mix of the Palliadosa, the European crane fly, and the marsh crane fly. But if I'm honest, when I was looking at all the pictures people sent to me, and I was looking at all of the pictures on Twitter, it's quite difficult because they're all at different angles, but it didn't look like the marsh crane fly to me now you can tell it's a very quick and easy way to tell it's pretty basic not 100 foolproof but it's better than getting magnifying glasses out and doing all that the males and females have very different shaped abdomens they're arses effectively the female has a very pointy one which is great for inserting into the ground and laying leather jackets in your greens the male has quite a stumpy hooked one so they're quite different now the male ones are almost impossible or they're very difficult to id i can't do it stamp on them get rid of them the females now if they have shorter wings they are the Palliadosa, the European crane fly. Now, we know that they don't fly as far, they don't move, they don't migrate as far because their wings are shorter, the females are quite heavy and they can't travel long distances. 
the female of the marsh crane fly or the oleacea um, that has longer wings in its body and is more mobile so have a quick look at that in my blog here there is a form to note which ones you've seen that would be really handy i'm not expecting big responses to this but if a few people or if anyone or if you just take some ownership for it and if you're seeing something that's slightly one or the other distinctly then let me know i really want to get my head around what species we're seeing hatch all of this goes into this big jigsaw puzzle that is going to help us get a solution. So take a look at the blog. There is a live um, graph on there showing the hatch patterns from this year, last year and the year before. So you can see how this year compares to others. Please, 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 please log any sightings in Pest Tracker, which you can do in the blog. You can do on the Greencast website. It's all there. There's a link in there to the crane flight ID guide that I did a bit more detail on all of that. And there's also a link in there for the pest tracker maps so you can see whereabouts in the country things are hatching. It's interesting at the moment. They're quite widespread, but there's not really enough to get loads of data out of it all along the south coast. And interestingly, around the cities where the temperatures tend to be a bit warmer. I could be overanalyzing this, but um, the more data that comes in, the more reliable it is. But have a great weekend if you listen to this beforehand. Um, fingers crossed the weather warms up. I'm hoping for a bit of rain for you all and some warmer temperatures. Stay safe. Hope you enjoyed the podcast version of Greencast Advisory. For more content like this, check out the Greencast Advisory blog and don't forget to subscribe. Until next time, take care of yourself and thanks for listening.